The Space God Memoirs. Episode 7 I stopped, gasping for breath as we reached the brushlands outside of town. The weird blue girl stood beside me, unwinded by our run. A cool breeze blew down from above as we reached the spot. My friends in our cart nowhere to be seen. I wiped a dribble of sweat from my brow and faced the girl, who was looking all so calm and collected, a kind of bored look in her vibrant purple eyes. She turned to me with a graceful twist of her hips, her shoulder-length hair turning with her and then landing in place, seemingly in perfect order despite our prior run and tussle. So, uh, I began, raising an eyebrow as I started to talk. What's the deal with all that back there? I asked, pointing my thumb in the general direction of where we could still hear the raucous shouts of holy combat. And you? You don't really seem like you belong here. No, she said, her voice like the wind. I do not belong here, nor, I suppose, anywhere in the vicinity. And yourself? Oh, I'm Kef, I said, holding out my hand. She did not reciprocate. Nah, I continued. I'm no local either, just passing through. Myself as well, said the lady, speaking in no particular dialect I recognized. You may call me Zirothra. Ooh, I replied, exotic. Well, at least around here it's exotic. Zirathra. I rolled each syllable across my tongue. Nice. Around here would probably call you something shorter. Zira, or even Z. Yes, she replied. I can tell your people aren't fond of big words. Kef, it seems such a simple sound. You were fortunate I did not give my full name, or my titles. Titles, eh? You must be from somewhere, uh, special. I come from afar. From the land of Uzel, beyond the southern seas. Wow, I said. You must have taken quite the journey. Been all around these lands myself, but only heard vague rumors of Uzel. Ruth was. I had never met a single person from beyond the sea before. I wasn't even sure that Uzel was an actual place and not something made up in a story. Anyway, I continued. You sure picked a scragged up place to visit and a scragged up time at that. Those dugout kissers back in town might have killed you. I think not, she said with a wave of her wrist. I have my defenses, whether they are visible to you or not. The hint of a smile came to her navy blue lips, then vanished in an instant. Ooh, I noted, a none too hidden smile coming to my own lips. Intriguing. Hand-to-hand combat, perhaps? Hidden weapons under that cloak of yours? Maybe all those legends I've heard about Oozle are true. Let me guess, you can make people's heads explode with a look? She said nothing. Nor did even the hint of a smile come to her lips this time. Zirathra stood there looking graceful as ever. She glanced into my eyes with her own, and I felt the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. A tingle ran all across my spine, and I got a sense that the slightest disturbance would make me see an entirely different side of Z. It was kind of scary, I admit, but damn was she attractive. I'm guessing that means yes, 
I said. Exploding heads, so I'll be nice to you. Perfect, she stated. And as I was saying, I was merely in this village to observe things. These lands of yours are a fascinating place, to be sure, filled with all manner of curious people and customs. I take it you're not one of those religious whack jobs, those evolved ones, as they call themselves. Indeed, I do not partake of the primitive customs in your lands. I was merely watching them, observing them, taking in some of the local energies. This was but a stop for me on my way north, to the capital of these lands. Ah, Ganadria, I answered. Nice place, as far as places go. You might fit in, as it's about the only place nearby that also has people with big names and titles. So happens that I'm on my way there myself. Maybe we could be travel buddies. Got a free spot on my cart. I tossed up a grin and waited for her refusal. I suppose that would do, she said, surprisingly, without a look of disgust coming to her face. If you indeed have a cart, she added, noticing its absence. Thankfully, said cart was not far away. It took me only a few minutes to find a set of familiar wagon ruts in the mud, which I followed to the cart itself. Burge and Rayleigh waited beside it, less than a mile outside of town. Kef, what the scrag? Where were you? exclaimed Burge, shaking his head at me. Then his eyes drifted from me to Zirathra, who stood demurely with her hands folded over her waist. And who is that? he added. More like where the scrag were you, I shot back. I waited outside of town for gods know how long. The both of you know we're in sight. It doesn't take that long to trade a few jars. We, uh, ran into some difficulty, said Burge with a shrug. Yeah, added Rayleigh. Those river folk kept on trying to get us to join their revival outside of town. They were, uh, rather insistent about it, said Burge. Damn near tried dragging us out to that quarry until I punched one of them out. We spent nearly an hour just trying to make sure none of those creepy priests saw us. And, said Rayleigh, we finally come out to see you gone, with the cart hidden behind some bushes. Badly hidden, I might add. Hey, I said. I went out looking for you two. I ended up uh, witnessing that revival up in the quarry. Hold up, said Rayleigh, putting her hands on her hips. Kef, you just snuck into what I'm guessing is an evolved one's get-together and a particularly rowdy one. Then you come back with, what, a friend? She asked, looking up at Zirathra, who stood about a head taller than Rayleigh herself. We are not yet called friends, stated the blue lady, waving a hand, or any other label you may think of. You may call me Zirathra, and no, she added. As I told Mr. Kef here, I am not a member of the above-mentioned Evolved Ones or any other local groups. Yeah, I interceded. She isn't from around here, she's... I'm on a mission of diplomacy, you could say. Merely passing through these lands on my way to Ganadria City. Rayleigh narrowed her eyes, giving me a hard stare. Ganadria, she groaned. Same direction as us. Rayleigh shook her head, folding her arms over her chest. So I'm guessing she wants to come along, travel with us. I gave Rayleigh the most innocent look I could muster, and then I nodded. Great scragging idea, Kef, said the shorter woman, eyes darting from me to Zirathra. Inviting a complete stranger to ride with us through hostile territory. A stranger who is hanging out in a tech haters gathering, but who claims not to be one of them. Scrag and brilliant. I could practically feel her simmering, like a pot ready to boil. Rayleigh just stood there, arms still crossed over her chest, 
fuming. Birch stood behind her, wisely silent. I see, noted Zirathra. If such is not to your liking, I shall depart. She made a short bow of her head to Rayleigh, a placid expression on her face. And then there was silence. For a moment it was a stressful silence, an anticipatory silence, as all four of us just stood there, lost for words, in the middle of that rock-strewn, grassy field. Zirathra turned suddenly to Rayleigh, and their eyes met. Cool wind blew from the east, whistling through the grasses. Rayleigh loosed a deep sigh, letting her arms fall to her sides as she all but collapsed. Fine, she finally said, turning around. She can come along. Let's head out of here. As we all walked off, I wondered what in the green ocean had just happened there. Mere minutes later, I was leading Gildar on the path around town, the lovely lady Zirathra seated on the back of my cart. Despite the sun now glaring in my eyes, a smile came to my lips again. Maybe, I thought, this would actually turn out to be a far better trip than planned. Most of the remainder of that day was spent taking the long way around the next few towns, which basically involved trekking the muddiest and worst-kept trails through fields, quarries, and ditches. The countryside here was bare, brown-colored and sparsely populated, which in our case was a good thing. Z, for her part, was largely quiet, seeming to do a lot of observation. She was foreign, after all, so I figured that maybe this scenery was actually a fascinating change of pace for her. That, or she found me to be an utter bore, which was just as likely. The bit of talk we did do was mostly just me trying to make some clever comment or another, and her barely responding or else just giving me a rather quizzical stare. Occasionally, she would even ask a question of one of us about the surrounding people, the geography, the wildlife. We all responded as best we could, even Rayleigh, who seemed to be rapidly getting over her initial trepidation about the new traveling companion. As the sun was starting to set, we made our stop on a ridge overlooking an abandoned farmstead. Its barn already collapsed into itself and covered in thick, silvery moss. As we were all exhausted, Burge and Rayleigh had an early dinner with us, and then tossed down their bedrolls and crept in for the evening. Z and I were left alone. As we sat back that night, she on the cart and me on the ground next to it atop my bedroll, Zirathra looked down at me and spoke, a sly half-smile on her lips. So, Kef, she began, you don't seem to believe in the gods, a rare thing in these lands, at least from what I've seen of the river people. Uh, I wouldn't exactly say that. I answered. So you do believe in them? I wouldn't exactly say that either. Ah, then you are a greater conundrum than I expected to find down here. A thinker, a philosopher. She rolled her eyes and giggled down at me. No, not like that. I'm not some deep thinker or anything. Just a guy who isn't too keen on believing something because he's told. I mean, I certainly consider what the evolved ones say. Some of it sounds kind of cool, even, but it mostly results in a whole lot of dugger crap in the end. What do you mean? she asked. According to the priests I spoke with, they mostly believe in bettering themselves, in evolving and growing until they're the best they can be. Bettering themselves how? By feeding their families, by living a life of peace, uniting together, and creating a more stable system of government? Nope, I continued, knowing I was ranting but enjoying it too much to stop. Like getting down in a pit and beating one another with sticks. 
That is how the great and lofty lords beyond want you to behave. To quote from their teachings, she began, taking a deep breath, the right of struggle is an initiation. It is just the first step in the path to self-actualization. Life on Aruvis is short and brutal. What the evolved ones seek is to take their brutality and find meaning in it. By engaging in a struggle of life and death, a person finds their purpose, discovers themselves, and enters the path to greatness. Z grinned, or maybe half grinned. It was hard to tell with her little lips. Looking up at her, I wasn't sure if she believed any of that or not. You mean the path to brainwashing, I replied. They let the loser of those fights bleed it out on the ground, while the winners dragged off to one of the temples and fed a bunch of dogma until they're just as addled in the head as the priests. Then they ride around in their silly suits and capes, preaching the same junk to everyone else. Well, she responded, it is not junk if their gods are real, correct? I raised my right eyebrow and cocked a half-smile to match hers, cueing her to continue. And we do see some evidence of that, yes? The eye? The lights we see going to and from it? Yeah, I replied. I've heard the claims that all that metal we see up there is some kind of structure, that it's the home of the gods themselves, and that all the lights we see going to and from it are actually them. We see evidence, for sure. Evidence of something, but not necessarily anything divine. One of my friends, Ven, even has a book that mentions a moon that used to be up there, made of dirt and rock just like Aruvis. He once showed me a picture of it, big, round, reddish-orange thing. Ven thinks that the Lord's Eye must be some kind of man-made structure built over that moon. As for the lights, ships, just like the one he has sitting on blocks in his lab, only working and functional. Well, gods can build ships as well as structures, correct? Would that make them gods, or just people with nice toys? And if they're just some guys with really advanced tech, why aren't they sharing? Instead, you got these evolved ones telling us all that using tech is evil, that it limits our growth. Scrag, that's the reason we're not just journeying through the river towns, to avoid them and their intolerant crap. Yes, she said. I suppose you are right. But you seem to believe in all of that, if just a little. I awaited her response. No, she stated, standing up from the cart and looking out over the lands. I am merely playing at such, taking on the role of the fool's advocate, as they'd say back home. I neither believe nor disbelieve. To me, such matters as gods are not for belief. I either know something, strive to learn it, or ignore it altogether. Belief, that serves no function but to distract the foolish. Nice, I responded. Never heard that one before. I'll have to remember it. Just be sure to keep it to the right company, she added, facing me again, hands on hips. Not everyone is ready for the truth. Shah, I said with a chuckle. You know I'm not going to be talking like this to their faces. Damn Rushak-kissing clowns would straight up shoot me if they didn't have a heart attack first. She kind of smiled again in that way that seemed absolutely laden with suggestion, but didn't actually say whether she thought I was clever and cool or some kind of idiot. Then she turned away again to stare silently out at the desolate farmstead and its moss-eaten barn as the sun slowly set. Mr. Keff started Zerathra again, peeking back at me just as I was about to lay down in my bedroll. You have not spoken to me of your business in Ganatria yet. Would I be correct in guessing it involves this relic under the tarp? 
At that moment, as the orange sunlight gently caressed her skin, I had the notion that maybe I should lie to her. After all, I didn't know this chick. I didn't know her full reason for being down there at that weird ritual. And sure as scrag she hadn't told me her reason for visiting Ganadria. Both logic and intuition agreed on the idea that I should be cautious around Zirathra. But just then and there, Ego shut them both down, assisted by its little buddy between my legs. That's part of it, Z, I said, that big fake grin coming to my lips. It's a haul I got from one of the ruins to the south. And what? She asked. There are people in your lands who have a desire for such old rubbish? Hey, I replied. Most folks in this idiot kingdom don't know what's useful and what's junk. Not sure what life is like down in Oozle, but out here, if you haven't noticed, there's not much in terms of modern innovations. That old clunker in my cart may not be new and shiny, they ain't exactly making them in factories anymore. Now, stupid river folk might want you to think that all the old tech's blasphemous and evil. The dummies all around might not have the slightest clue on how to make use of it, but Epicanadria, I know a few folks. Call them innovators, who know what to do with it. Ah, I see, she stated. So I would assume you've done this regularly for some time. Plundered old ruins in search of such treasure. Yeah, you could say that, I said, feeling an upwelling of pride. In this day and age, the world is a dangerous place. Away from these towns and cities, you've got a whole lot of wilderness, filled with stuff that wants to kill you. If it ain't automated monstrosities like that guy in the cart, it's ravenous lizard things, giant flesh-eating insects, or even shambling masses of fungus, all of it looking to slaughter you. Not to mention your everyday stuff like sinkholes, collapsing rubble, or starvation. For a moment, she seemed impressed, her lips drawing together and her eyes just maybe growing a bit wider. But it's worth it, I say. I continued, only partially aware that I was sounding like an idiot. Because of all the fascinating stuff you'll find in those ruins. I've been all around, from the flooded Hildel reactor on the southern shore to Balnar itself, which may be one of the most scragged up places on this planet. Balnar? she asked. You mean the former civilization's capital city? Yup. Not many people have even seen the place nowadays, let alone got into it, surrounded by the nastiest swamps and the deadliest of badlands. But once you get up to it, there's a sight. If you think Arcanadra is impressive, Balnar is ten, nah, a hundred times its size. Truly? Yeah, but you wouldn't want to live there. Thousands of towering buildings, huge parks, squares, all of it. Must have been lovely back when it was intact. But nowadays, if you don't know just where to go, you'll find yourself knee-deep in horrible stuff. All sorts of abominations the old people left behind. Yet you've navigated such a place and lived. Interesting. Perhaps you are more than you seem, Kath. Indeed, I was beaming with pride as I stared at the last sliver of sunlight, turning from orange to red as it sunk below the northern hills, happy with having impressed this magical girl that now sat upon my cart. You're probably thinking that I'm a moron at this point, and from where I'm standing now, I agree with you. But then and there, I was young, lonely, and horny, and I felt more than a bit intoxicated by this strange, sexy woman who was actually paying attention to me. It wasn't long before I was asleep, drifting off into barely-remembered dreams of girls, gods, and spaceships.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Space God Memoirs. Space God is written, performed, and produced by A.M. Arctos. Original musical score by Alpha Colors. Various sound effects created by Industrial Strength Records Incorporated. Please support this podcast by following, rating, and sharing on your favorite social media site. For further info on Space God, its creator, and various other opinions, musings, and thoughts, go to www.spacegodmemoirs.com or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. If you enjoyed the Space God Memoirs, please consider supporting us by becoming a patron. Check out the Patreon link in our description to learn more.